Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB for this Wednesday. I'm Ingrid Willinge here with David Scott and what a day. We saw the Dow obviously overnight reaching that sacred, as Donald Trump put it, 30,000 level and we followed suit with gains today, Scotty. Yes, I did my little uh, ceremony this morning and, uh, and uh, celebrate that 30,000 milestone, which is no fantastic. So we thank the trading gods for that. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. You're going to be back here and uh, I'm pleased to see that our market continued onwards and upwards, fresh nine month highs again. It's interesting though, right? I mean, in on the ASX, we're up over 12% for November. The question here with a Dow at 30,000 is just how much further can it run? And I've got to be honest, most of the guests we've had on today say, well, quite a bit. Yeah. Longer term, I think there's absolutely no doubt it can go high because you look where the alternatives are elsewhere. Uh, what's going to go and upend the, uh, the rally over the longer term? Well, we know that uh, no, 99 times out of 100, generally what's happened when borrowing costs get restrictive, that goes and it leads to the end of a cycle. You see the uh, market come off in anticipation of that. We've seen that countless times in the past. Other than that, you know, as we've seen this year all too well, a pandemic, a black swan, uh, event can also go and do that, but uh, when a when a longer dated yield's going to go and rise, uh, and probably I uh, know years uh, years is probably the best one there. So uh, it really comes down to another black swan. Although I've got to say I've got to clarify as well that in the near term we're seeing lots of parabolic moves. We're seeing lots of people talk about how you can't lose all this kind of stuff. That's the stuff that you hear right before a market peak. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if we'll see a pullback, but you know. Is it going to be anything like no massive? Probably not. You just remember the taper tantrum of 2013, but I guess that's a while off. I mean, that's a couple of years away until we even see the beginning of rates or, you know, stimulus starting to come off, right? Yeah. Oh, central banks have made it clear that they're not going to go and do anything with rates. They're going to keep the foot to the floor when it comes to policy easing until they see inflation get back into their target range and they see progress towards or employment at full employment. And that is going to take years. So real yields are going to be deep in negative territory for a long period of time. Uh, the Tina trade is going to be evident. You're also seeing evidence of you know, what's going on in various property markets. Look at what's going on in Bitcoin, altcoins, uh, lots of uh, no bubble speculative behavior and the like. This is what happens when you have free money. It's uh, Where's it going to go? Uh, we're going to throw chucks uh, some money into Bitcoin. Yeah, okay. I, I, I want to talk a bit about what we've been seeing in tech, though. Um, tech stocks obviously pulling back. We've seen, I think, the worst day in two weeks for tech stocks as value stocks obviously start surge. Temple and Webster was down over 9%. We saw the zero down about 5%. Appen down close to 5%. Kogan down 5%. I mean, it's been you know, a pullback of sorts after what we've been seeing in the COVID crisis where a lot of these stocks have been going up. I guess the question here is, can tech rebound back up to levels? Even the buy now, pay later space study today was was weakening off quite significantly. 
And so I think the word you're looking for was hosed. I also know total t- uh, Temple and Webster was the worst performer in the 200. It was off something like no, nearly 10% again. So big falls. Uh, part of the reason why I think there's, there's probably grounds to go and see a greater pullback in broader markets is the, the very fact that the tech, the tech stocks are coming off. They led the rally. Uh, they're now coming off ahead of uh, other things. The one thing I look at really intently is what's going on with the, uh, the, the bond market. Longer dated yields really doing nothing. I think last night they're up about two basis points. That's nothing. Does it explain what's going on with the other degree of the self we saw in, in growth names today? Not only in tech, but no, we saw it in CSL, other names like that in the healthcare space. Doesn't, no. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to go and watch. I think it may be giving us a bit of a signal. I think the banks are particularly interesting. We were speaking with Chris Dot from 1851 Capital a little earlier. He was talking about the banks being back in favour. Actually, he said he was the most bullish he's been in a decade. Um, so that's a big call from him and he's excited about a lot of opportunities. Banks being one of them. Banks is interesting. NAB's the top performer since the March lows. Um, it's gained around 75%, followed by ANZ, Commonwealth and Westpac. What is your take on the banks? I mean, in terms of guests that you've been speaking to, we've obviously know that low interest rates are negative for the banks, but there's a lot of plus side coming up and the lending books are going to be key, um, which I know you're watching quite closely, Scott. Oh, the lending books are going, are going to be overflowing, gushing. But uh, margins are going to be the key difference this time. It's, uh, it's a highly competitive marketplace. Uh, look, I wrote about the, uh, the banks and being optimistic about the banks months ago. Uh, it was clear and obvious to me then that once we passed uh, the worst of the threat when it came to the pandemic, you know, there was going to be brighter days ahead. When you see what happens with the banks, it almost inevitably reflects what's going on in the economy. We know we're going to have a prolonged period of strong economic growth uh, in the absence of a, of a black swan or the like. So it's natural that people want to go back to the banks. But that being said, uh, no, there's still issues to be raised. No, we still have the regulatory risk. We still have those margin pressures. And of course, you also have an increased regulatory burden potentially coming forward when it comes to those lending side of things. Because I just noticed today uh, some data out of New Zealand was released showing that mortgage lending hit a record high uh, no, two months back uh, and is really starting to go and escalate. I look at what happens in New Zealand because it generally is a good sign as what's lucky to happen here. Yeah, housing market's interesting and, and particularly with credit going forward. I just want to talk though um, back to stocks. There's been a few interesting ones in terms of more traditional stocks and I guess you talk about the traditional banks and, and perhaps being more in favour with investors or with instos but you're also watching you know, Fortescue, BHP, Rio Tinto, the traditional miners, um, which we spoke with uh, Tribeca today, the head of research at Tribeca, saying, look, the reality is that these stocks have been under-owned. They're looking cheap based on history and still have upside. And we know iron ore is somewhat safe, at least for now, from China and the China and Australia relationship. Yes, uh, but... When you look at where the uh, the relative risks lie over a medium term or longer term time horizon, iron ore is not going to be going back to the levels of you know what we saw you know, over a decade ago when we're still back at the contract side of things. The spot price uh, it's at extremely elevated levels. The risks are clearly to the downside there. Um, makes those stocks very juicy. Like no, Fortescue is literally a money printing machine right now. Forget the central banks. Just uh, no, Fortescue Metals is delivering the goods. But those days aren't going to last. Uh, and it comes down to whether you want to go and have a, a short-term time horizon and, and get your, your fill there or do you want to go and hold something for a longer-term investment. So longer-term, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of switching out of those names in time. But for the time being, as you said, there's no real no, uh, immediate threat to the iron ore players, but uh, no, longer term, there will be. Caspin, ticker CPN. Scotty, we spoke uh, with Caspin today after listing on the market a cheeky 135% gain for this stock 
today after IPOing. I mean, a solid run for Caspin. This is a gold and nickel miner, mainly predominantly nickel, I should say, um, with Caspin going forward. I mean, he was pretty bullish on the company. And um, I guess when you look at how investors have responded, you, you can understand why. Yeah, you're throwing some copper as well, which I think it's uh, involved with. And uh, it's not surprising to see what's going on there. Some pretty excited shareholders, at least for the stack profit there. Now, uh, he did say that there was uh, some cost pressures you know, emerging, like other miners have told us in uh, in recent months. And he did uh, go and mention that the border was an issue. But uh, lo and behold, the, uh, the market rejoiced at the IPO. So huge stack profit there. And congratulations to anyone who got in. Yeah, watching the IPO market, a lot of companies IPOing over the next number of weeks, just getting in before Christmas. Um, I want to mention a stock, well, the stock of the day, I should say. This was what we featured in the call with Koshi today, and it was APA Group. Uh, Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Andrew Wylant from DP Wealth Advisory talking on this one. Let's take a listen. The thing we like about it is it's an unregulated asset. So you talk about uh, Sydney airports, you talk about transurban. These returns are actually capped uh, relating to agreements they have with government, um, APA doesn't have those handcuffs for the want of a better term. So, uh, and it transports 99% of Australia's gas, some some silly numbers. So, yeah, lots to like about APA, very comfortable with it. Obviously, he's been hurt by rising bond yields and the impact uh, for their pricing. But in the context of a defensive business that's really well run, very comfortable with it, very relaxed, and we have a lot of clients holding it. Um, the question is whether there's much growth in this company because they are pretty much a monopoly these days. They are facing some regulatory headwinds in that it's going to be more and more difficult for them to keep expanding and acquiring competitors because the government's just not going to stand for it. Yeah. You've also got a situation where the government's trying to put downward pressure on utility prices and that plays into things as well. But in an environment where interest rates are as low as they are um, and the income that you can receive on something like an APA is very attractive in, in relative terms. So for that reason, I do think it will continue to be supported for that reason. APA Group, Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Andrew Wyland from DP Wealth Advisory on the call today with Koshi. Um, Scotty, I want to talk data before we uh, wrap up because today we got construction work done, uh, mm-hmm. 2%, 2.6% fall, I should say, in construction activity in the September quarter. Um, you know, hearing about the decline on underlying weakness, obviously COVID-related disruptions, in, in particular Victoria's second lockdown. But tomorrow we got CapEx and that's that's a big one just to get really forward-looking um, indicator as well on, on intentions going forward. Yes, of course, uh, Wednesday next week, we get the national accounts for the September quarter released. And today's one was uh, a little bit softer than what it was expected. I know some public spending uh, no help to go and offset weakness in the private sector, which you can understand what's going on, particularly in Melbourne. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, weakness across the country, it's got to be said. With CapEx tomorrow, um, I load to go and completely write off things because we're looking at a one-off scenario though. So you've got to think, well, when it comes to actual CapEx spend during the quarter, uh, it's not likely to be crash hot. Uh, so I'm reluctant to go read too much into the quarterly performance, nor am I going to be reading too much in when it comes to the uh, future uh, CapEx mm-hmm. plans that come through because the operating environment when this survey was conducted uh, was you know, a little bit different to what it is today. So it's 
it'd be very difficult for firms to go and give any firm guidance as to what they're likely to go and spend on. Certainly longer term now. No, when the next CapEx survey comes out in three months' time, I suspect it'll be very bullish. But uh, no, whatever happens tomorrow, uh, particularly if it's very bad news, uh, I would be discounting it fairly urgently. Well, the big story is Wall Street. We'll be watching tonight to see how it tracks, if we can stay above that 30,000 sacred level of the Dow. And of course, the gains that we can continue on our market as we wrap up November. That does wrap up the COB for today. Big thank you from us at the team here. We'll see you same time tomorrow, 8.30 Eastern. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.